The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 35 of the MX Vice Show. Great to still be here. I hope you enjoyed last week's show. Definitely great to see some more bikes out on the tracks. There was a lot of tracks open the weekend in the UK. And hopefully in, in America and the uh, and Belgium and in, in, in Netherlands, we're starting to see everything kind of uh, waking up a little bit. I'm James Burfield of MX Vice. And with me is MX Vice editor, Lewis Phillips. And with me in the studio, is Rob from Jukebox Beats. Today's show is brought to you by Seven, Talon, Planet Moto, Kawasaki UK, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Evenstrokes.com. What a great list of sponsors we have there. Uh, Lewis, yes. how are Hi. you? Great. Are you good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, it's been. It's been a good week. I've been working on quite a lot of uh, projects and bits and pieces. I've not really read too much online. You've been working on everything not named MX Vice, haven't you? Yeah, I've been working on quite a lot of everything other than MX Vice, which is why I rely on you on this show to have the knowledge. Well, that was. A good I'm one. hoping. I'm hoping that you're bringing the knowledge this week. Um, I don't know about knowledge. There's not really much to have knowledge on, but I'm bringing some bench racing. I did, for the first time, watch the whole of Supercross from Heats. Didn't watch qualifying, but I did watch uh, Heats uh, through to the main. So, okay, well, yeah, well done. I don't know, do you want a pat on the back? Thousands and millions of other people did too, but... Yeah, I feel like I made the effort. So, um, yeah, there we go. Um, what did you think the weekend? Did you enjoy it? I'll tell, you've just, did you notice what, there's one thing that really made me laugh? And I, really, I actually might put it on my Twitter because it did, I got a video of it and it did make me laugh. Um, you know the 250 main got a red flag? Yeah. When they were all sat on their lines, on the, sat on the start line with the umbrellas over them, yeah. uh, they had the camera that was positioned on the outside of the gate, and it was focusing dead on Darian Sinai. Yeah. So he had his umbrella over him, and then they obviously like, told everyone that they were going racing. So he collapsed the umbrella and chucked it backwards, but it obviously didn't lock, because as he chucked it behind him, the umbrella opened up, and then the wind just took it. <laughs> and I, I, it really did make me laugh. I'm gonna, I might, that might go on my Twitter very soon. So stay tuned. But okay. that was my highlight, pretty much, of of the, the whole. Race yeah, it makes it, it did make me laugh quite a lot because I was just waiting for it to be red flagged again because there was just a rogue seven umbrella, like bashing <laughs> around the stadium. I, I wonder if Roger Larson planned that maybe uh, to get some good promotion for seven. Well, I noticed it, so I wonder how many other people did. Yeah, there we go. So this week we've had some big news drop which happened yesterday, and it seems that um, Prado is succumbed to a collarbone injury. Uh, obviously, you've, you've seen this. What, what actually happened? Oh, but I don't... He crashed his motorcycle. Okay. Were you there? No, I wasn't. You're very well aware of that. We can't leave the UK. Like, what, like, what more? He crashed his motorcycle. Like, what more do you want? <laughs> well, it's, 
it, it sounded like um, it's just one of those things, wasn't it? It's, it was nothing. You know, it was yeah, he went, he, it sounds like he was on. He was hitting the same line every lap. He was forced to go on a different line and just misjudged what that line was going to be like. Uh, got chucked over the bars, and that was all she wrote. But based on the fact that he got chucked over the bars, I'd imagine he went in a deeper line that he wasn't expecting to be quite so deep. Ah. Um, one of the comments which uh, did make me chuckle on MX Vice. So I, I always go onto MX Vice um, social just to read, read the comments and bits and pieces. And a lot of people are saying that uh, he's no good for the 450. So do you want to elaborate on that one? Do you, I, I know you're very passionate about well, this. I was thinking about this the other because I, I, this was the first thing that crossed my mind, not because I think it, because I'm, but because I knew everyone else would. And I look at it like this it's a game of averages. Right? No one's going to make it through their entire career without getting injured. True? Yep, true. Yep. Apart from maybe the odd guy who, like, Dungey didn't have many injuries, you're never going to get a guy who's just plain sailing his whole career. And Prado didn't have many injuries in MX2. Although now that I say that, he did... He had a couple. He had a what, couple. Did he, what did he do? Was it 17 or was it 18? No, the, the year that he first won the title, which was 20... 18 the winter the 2017 2018 winter he did he did something that was he did it in december and he only got back on a bike two weeks before argentina and i want to say it was a dislocated hit but it can't have been what was i can't it? remember anyway was that when he was going up against jonas yeah and jonas um sort of took the first three or four rounds yeah prado prado missed january basically the same as issue can't for the life of me figure out what it was or remember what it was. But anyway, probably can't remember what it was because no one actually spoke about it until like a year later. Um, <laughs> so, on that, okay, I'm switching that then. He had injuries in MX2. He's had injuries in MXGP. Last year, he missed a round because of his shoulder. He didn't do any structural damage, but he just bashed it about a bit after the first round. It's not like he just never crashed on an MX2 bike. And also, back to my original point, I look at it like this. Tommy Sell never really had injuries as an MX2 rider, right? No. And then there were a couple of them when he was on a 450. Yeah. I don't look at it as that's the 450's fault. I look at it as, well, he managed to avoid injuries for that long, but it was bound to catch up with him at some point. You can only escape... Um, you can only have like a narrower escape so many times. That's kind of so how many, I look at it. So many variables, back markers, ruts, stones, anything can happen. So like it's you can high. well look at geysers crashes. Like you can bounce. Sometimes you bounce. Sometimes you don't. He does bounce a lot. Sometimes you get injured. Sometimes you don't. Like, that's just it. But you want to know what my best, the funniest thing is? Common quote used on every news website in Europe over the last twenty-four hours. Prado now faces his second race against time. He's got two months. Race against time. Like he's he's got two months. A collarbone. Like he he literally could. Put his life in slow motion, and he'll be fine. He's he's already said he's going to be back on the bike in three weeks. Yeah, but everyone, even before he said that, that's just normal for a collarbone. If he needed to, he could probably be back on a bike in two weeks. Do you know what the hilarious thing is? This week, literally coming back into the UK, we're going to be in uh, lockdown for two weeks after we we come back into the UK, which is pretty much his his collarbone to be healed. But this is like I I read that and I was just like, oh my god, these people. Prado races second race against time in 2020. Or he has literally all the time in the world to heal from a broken collarbone, which was a clean break even. He'll be fine. And when we, go, when we eventually go racing, which I do believe will be 
August. September. No, August. I believe it'll be August. Um, I'm, just, I'm just winding you up. Do you think it'll be August now? Uh, I think it will. I think uh, from everything what we, we've seen, I think we just need to get over this. I think I, we, we spoke about it on last week's show. We do just all need to get over this, don't we? <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't say that. What we need to do is, um, is is we need to sort out this going in in and out of countries and basically being held there for two weeks. We need to find a way of of being able to move now. I mean, I know that, I don't know if you read it, but British Airways and, and EasyJet are, are looking to the British government that taking legal action to stop this from happening because it is just... Ridiculous. Oh, what, the quarantine thing? whole quarantine situation with people coming in and out of the country. So uh, I, I don't know what the, the it's going to be like for when they open up the US and stuff like that or, or any other countries. But it looks like... Um, I had an email the other day as well come through and it looks like pretty much from July the 1st, might have been July the 14th, Virgin are going to be pretty much up and going with um, their flights. And they advertise flights to America. So somebody knows something we don't or as in the population, but it looks like um, maybe the borders will be open again in the US and, and, and stuff like that, probably around about middle July. Well, I don't, yeah, well, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw something that said borders will be open in America on July the 20th. Okay. Which does not work for me. Because, yeah, you wanted to go and watch the um, outdoors. Well, that's July the 18th. I'm sure two days aren't going to matter. Like, I'm sure we can all work <laughs> together to just edit this slightly. Okay. Well, yeah. All you got to do is change the two on twenty to a one. It's right next to it. Maybe you should tweet him, tweet Donald, and um, see if he can escalate that issue. I just, I just, I think we're splitting hairs. So one thing what I have seen this week is a lot of riders returning um, more and more to practice tracks. It must be a little bit, a bit strange, but also the riders can have to be pretty cautious because it seems like a lot of riders are, are doing private track days with you know, other riders, amateur riders and stuff like that. And they're going to have to be careful with the speed they go with riding with people, public riders, which are just out. Where Do you, do you see what I mean? So like when you get GP riders up against, say, somebody like me who's rolling around just for a bit of fun. Yeah, but you're talking about England. Yeah. No one yeah, cares I, about England. And there's no GP riders, really. In Holland and Belgium, it's, in Holland and Belgium, it's fine. It actually, Holland, in Holland and Belgium, when they started riding again, it was organized so the GP riders had their own session. Yeah. And it now looks like, I'm not sure on the exact details, but it now looks like Holland and Belgium tracks are much more open. Like I think before you could only ride on a Tuesday and a Thursday, and I now think you can ride whenever you want. Okay. So. Okay. Everyone, well, everyone is back at it, like big time. Well, so. one, one thing we should say is um, that our American audience has expanded quite quite big. Random time to drop that in, but fair enough. Well, we were talking about no one cares in the UK. Well, it's only the UK. Well, no, I was just saying it isn't really relevant to the GP discussion because it isn't. Like what, you've got Conrad, um, Simpsons in the UK still, I think. But that's it. Yeah. Like Ben's in Holland or Belgium. Sterry? I think Sterry's still in the UK. But still, that's three riders out of eighty MXGP and MXC riders. So, if you want to look at how this impacts in MXGP, you need to look at what Holland and Belgium are doing. Yeah, I take it back. But yeah, on, on that note, it's um, it's really interesting, and just want to say um, hello to uh, the American audience, howdy, because um, 
yeah, we've just noticed over the last couple of months, it's it's gone crazy. I mean, it was it, a result of me saying how good America is nonstop. I think it's because yeah, you've really embraced um, the US, so and you talk nonstop about it, and maybe that's had a, a you know knock on effect. It's good motivation for the American listeners because they like to come here and hear about how great their country is, just to like reassure them. <laughs> maybe motivation, isn't it? Maybe, but I thought I'd just do a little bit of a shout out because um, no, nah, it's really cool to see. I mean, I think for every, I mean, we we started off predominantly as a UK website, and you know, the podcast was not for UK but MXGP. And however, it seems that we got was it fifty percent more audience from the US now than we do UK, which yeah. is um, insane. And we had a massive audience in the UK. So, um, yeah, no idea where that's come from. I probably should know because I'm into data analytics. But, um, yeah, the wheels seem to be turning. And, yeah, just want to say, cool. Glad to have you guys on board. And You just want to say, cool. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for that. I know, I know. I, I'm... That was touching. Well, sometimes it's, you, you're kind of a little bit lost for words because uh, it's one thing I didn't see coming. Well, actually, on that note, in, Amer- in America, when I was there, seems like an eternity ago now, but best six weeks of my life, I did actually get stopped by American fans at each Supercross round. So No way. Yeah, I told you that. I don't know why you'd be shocked that you told you that exact story. I thought that was at a practice track. I didn't know it was No, it was, at, it was at the races. Ah, okay. That's cool. They actually knew who you were. Yeah. They pulled me out in the pits. Right, Lewis. And I was like, not me, surely. Wow. I was very, there was one time a, t- a mechanic stopped me and said, oh, I just want to say, like, big fan of what you do with MX Twice. It's really cool. And I genuinely didn't realize he was talking to me because, like, why would he talk to me? <laughs> was you looking over your shoulder? Yeah, I genuinely, like, fully did. Like, the most I ever could have. I looked at it, like, and he was like, and I was like, oh, sorry. I kind of just presumed you were talking to anyone but me. One thing that you are going to see uh, once everything sort of, you know, gets back up and running is a lot of people walking around with Lewis Sucks t-shirts because I've been sending them out with every order for MX Vice t-shirts, by the way. That's great. I don't I doubt yeah. anyone. I would actually be shocked if anyone would ever choose to wear that because... I, I think they shit, will. I, I think people will wear it with pride. Boring, isn't it? You're boring. Okay. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the Supercross? We can do 10 minutes. Like I said last week, I don't want to harp on it too much because I don't want to act like we are on the level of Racer X and Swap Moto Live who are actually there. But I guess we can do 10 minutes. I've watched it. I've paid attention to everything. I, like I say, feel like we're more in tune with everything that's going on there than any other European media. So Cool. Well, one thing which um, I wanted to talk about and I'm quite excited about because obviously yeah. we've, we've... Oh, God, what? Oh, just I didn't realize you were going to be talking about it. I don't really know where this is going to go. Oh, no, I was going to ask you the question. Oh, so, okay. And it's just because, obviously, we built a relationship with them because of MXGP. Is Obviously, tonight, the Lawrence brothers are going to be right. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. And that's going to, obviously, because of so many people within the pits and, and you know, within the sport, they're very relatable characters. But obviously, they've been in MXGP for, for quite a while. I can actually fully talk about the West Coast because I have attended every single West Coast Supercross issue. So I, I, I am as entitled to break down the 250 West class as anyone else. Obviously, that will end as of tonight because I'm not there. But Well, w- w- let's, let's talk about Hunter because this is going to be his first Supercross race since he's been out there. So 
what going in, obviously, um, he's healthy. Both of both of them are healthy now. What do you think he's going to be expecting, or people are going to be expecting him to do? Hunter will be ninth. Oh, really? Not eighth or, or tenth? No, he'll be ninth. Okay. I have I have money on him finishing ninth tonight. Right. Okay. The thing is, the thing is, if either of them were in East, it would yeah. be a completely different story because the East is struggling at the moment. It wasn't at the, to begin with. To begin with, it had six good guys, like really good guys. Now it is limping to the finish because Marchbanks is out, Martin is out, yeah, Hampshire's out, um, Smith's out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if either of them were there, it'd be a completely different story. But the West is stacked. For one, with Faulkner, Cooper, and Ferrandis getting on the podium is going to be like a mission. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Hartraft. You got Craig, you got the Lawrence brothers, you got Drake, you got Mosiman, Clout, you've got Oldenburg, you've got all these, like, all these people. So there's depth there. And yeah. I think Hunter Lawrence in his first ever Supercross, ninth would be a solid place to start. Jet, who knows? Like, that's exciting. <laughs> Jet could win or finish 20th. Who knows? Yeah. No, I think a lot of people are tuning in tonight for that very reason because. Absolutely. I can Absolutely. I can see it's quite clear that they both meet, move the needle on everything they do. Okay, I can tell you this straight away. I will be watching qualifying. That doesn't happen. That well, does not happen. That'll be the only thing you really can watch because the supercross is quite late tonight. Uh, no, I'll probably stay up. Do you know what time it finishes? Uh it's probably gonna be about five. No, actually, not that bad. Uh night show is from midnight to three AM UK time. That's, that's easy. That's not a problem. Okay. I'll do that. I have a little lie-in tomorrow. I'll be fine. Uh, is that approved? Uh, yeah, I'm going to make an executive decision on that one. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I don't really work for MX Vice anymore. Well, that is true. Really, do I? Because you're kind of the yeah. boss now. I am. So you've taken over that mantle and you're running with it. So I can kind of do what I want. I'll rattle through three Supercross things that are on my mind for you. Okay, let's do it. Right. One. Tomac's clearly fixed himself. However, yeah. I can't sit... Like, he's going to win the championship. It doesn't, like, he's winning the championship. That's done. Congratulations. I can't sit here, though, and say he won't have another weirdo ride because when can we truly know that the old Tomac is truly gone? Because if you look at 2017, which was the first year he was going for the 450 championship, he had the red plate with two rounds to go. And at that point, at this penultimate round, he had won six of the seven races leading up to that. So at that point, you would go, well, everything's looking good. It's all looking good. He's got the red plate. He's won six of seven races of the last seven races. And yeah. then he still had a weirdo ride. Yeah. Now, if that randomly happens at one of the next four rounds, it doesn't matter because he'd have to have the most bizarre ride ever to give up a 26-point lead. Yeah. So he's won the championship. Well done. Congratulations. Woo. Um, but I still am not on the bandwagon of we're never going to see another weird ride from him again because I just don't know when you can categorically say that. Yeah. Two. Right. Cooper Webb. I feel like he still doesn't get as much credit as he deserves because A, he won the title last year with winning the most races. How much more straight up do you want? Like, he won more races than Tomac last year. Everyone seems to think that Tomac just wins the most races every single year. Didn't happen last year. 
So I don't think he got the most the credit he deserves coming off of the back of that. And B, to B, I don't think he's getting the credit he deserves this year because take that Arlington crash out of it, he would be, I think I worked it out, but I can't. If, if you gave him a third that night, which was easily obtainable, he yeah. would be nine or 12 points down at this point and right in it. And you yeah, wouldn't know, no. you'd be like, this is amazing. So, yeah. okay, you can't take crashes out of it because it's racing, blah, blah, blah. These things happen. That was the fact a big that he is good enough to be there remains. Next year, I'll pick him as my favorite for the title straight out. And I feel like most people won't. I've got, uh, I've got to say, I, I wasn't his biggest fan, but I've come to appreciate the grind, what he's put in. in he just, every time you, you, you kind of doubt him on the start or something like that, this year, he's kind of like, seems to have pulled it off and he's, he's come through and he's had the speed and everything else. So I, I'm, I've definitely, um, definitely changed my, my thought process of him. I've, I've been super impressive in this year. I think he's been really, really good. And obviously, you know, last year was amazing for him. But this year, I think, because there's always the question, isn't there, in, in, after winning the title and in, in year two? And I think um, he, he's not, he, he's looked so, so good. And I, I, I agree. I think he's, he's underrated. As in, uh, for a rider, I mean, everybody's talking about Tomac. But I'm a big fan of, of Cooper Webb and what he's doing at the moment. Free. Yeah. Uh, Roxon's obviously got these breathing issues, etc. I really want someone to ask him, because he said he's had these since November, December. Like, it hasn't gone away. Obviously, the altitude highlights that. But I really right. want someone to ask him, at the Glendale Triple Crown, when he won all three main events, was yeah. the third one tougher than he would have thought? based on these breathing issues. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I'm just interested to know if it was that, how much of an impact it was earlier in the season. It's just on my mind. He's getting a lot of stick online, isn't he? Regarding... Yeah, everyone's saying, that he, everyone's saying that he comes up with excuses nonstop, but then it's the, it's the age-old thing of, well, what do you want? Do yeah. you want him to be quiet? Because then everyone's going to have a go at him for being quiet. I'd much rather Roxon post stuff like that than, um, than Tomac, who just doesn't really care about posting and talking to people and all of that yeah but that's the that's the kind of mindset though isn't it of, of you know of people it's like we, we want these riders to be more vocal we want them to talk about you know these things what are happening we don't want to be in the dark so when they do come out people need to think about that it's like don't give them shit it's like be, be supportive but they're actually willing to tell you what's going on true that true that yeah but it's a real shame because um Kenny's been looking really, really good. It's just a shame that he is having these breathing issues and it is, he's got the speed, but it just it, how he fell back um, on Sunday was, you know, such a shame. Sunday was tough to watch. Yeah, that, that, those conditions look tough as well. Well, no, it was just tough to, like, seeing Roxon get that for the second time, it was like, oh my God, just, just throw the yeah. goddamn towel. Yeah, but... Yeah, that was that was hard to stomach, but the the, the front two just just went, didn't they? Literally just went. I mean, did what did they lap it to? Was it in the end, was it fifth, fourth, fourth? Jeez, those are they are smaller tracks though. Like if it, yeah, I I do wonder. I do find myself wondering a lot what would have happened if they were racing in in Glendale or St Louis. I'd be interested to see what happened because I think I do think the results would be quite different. And not just at the front. I think the results would be quite different all the way through. So tonight then, things to look forward to. Lawrence Brothers. That's going to be good. 
Faulkner and Ferrandis. And That's going to be good. And Cooper, yeah. And can't rule him actually out. second in the point. Yep. So the, the, obviously the battle between the three of them is going to be, you know, good to watch. Anything else you're looking forward to? Bat. 250 West is dominating, is going to dominate things tonight. I think, I think everyone's going to be watching for that reason. Especially now that 450 Championship is all but decided. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I think I, I'm more excited about 250 this week than I am the 450. Well, it's understandable. No one, every, the last time they raced was February the 8th. It's been four yeah. months. No one's cinnamon in decades. Cinnamon? What feels like decades. <laughs> right, cool. Let's take a, a little break now. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the MX Vice Show. Good to have you guys listening once more. Last week, the show went down really well. It's great to have um, all the feedback from you guys, as always. We're always trying to improve. I know this is episode 35. We do actually enjoy doing this. We try so hard to get like once a week, uh, down, done, in, out. So um, as mentioned on last week's show, we do have a couple of sponsors, one being Planet Moto. So all of the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just £845. Visit planetmoto.co to find out more and book now. Interestingly, Lewis, this is what I was talking about for a you and me break. Not a couple's break, but as in a team building break. Because obviously after 35 shows of podcasts and numerous hours in car rentals, we've had quite a, a few disagreements, haven't we? We have had some rocky roads, yes. We have had some rocky roads. You do find me quite difficult, don't you? 
I do find you yeah, very argumentative. And especially, you know, we've already discussed on last week's show when we booked that hotel, which was up a mountain. You know, there's, there's certain points when uh, you're, you're after like 12 hours of traveling with planes and in, in everything else. And then you find out your hotel is up a mountain. We can't have that on against me. That was five years ago. You know what, actually, though? <laughs> no. I was thinking what? about this. Um, yeah. 2015 isn't that long ago, really, in the grand scheme of things. Not really, no. And when you think 2015, we were really, effectively, we started in 2015. Like, not many people knew about us before 2015 because we were just bashing about, really. Well, for the first four years, and we will talk about that on a MXY's History podcast, but the first four years was freaking tough. And we, it, it, and we started off as just basically a blog website, uh, a hobby. I think, I think once we got to GPs, we started to find ourselves a bit. And what I was, but I was thinking, our first year of GPs when we were starting from zero was only five years ago. Well, not even five complete years ago. So cool. yeah. in, we're not actually that far along than I sometimes think. No. I sometimes judge us on us being around for like 15 years. Yeah. Five years is nothing. Like, we've kind of gone quite far in five years. Well, when you think like Adam at On Track Off Road, he's been in the industry for so long, been doing, you know, and Ray, um, Archer, the photographer. I mean, those guys, well, the great photographer, we should say. Um, those guys, imagine how many GPs they've racked up in, you know, over the last sort of, what, Ray's been, what, 30 years of GP, something like that? I think, Ray's been, doing it. I think, I think Ray's been doing it longer than I've been alive. <laughs> that's easy you're really young but the, yeah I, I guess but the last five years have been just so much fun and i know I, I know i break your balls sometimes about um you being difficult but we do spend a lot of fucking time together well, no, but you say i'm difficult but you've got to admit me being difficult is me standing up for my beliefs and if i haven't stood up for all of my beliefs and they're just rolled over mx vice might not be where it is now no, actually, I was thinking, um, I actually had that, that thing because we've never, I don't think we've ever gone down the easy path. We've always stuck to our guns and stuff like that. And it, it, it made me think the other day, I, I, I seen something that somebody posted and just thought, we'd never do that. And, and the reason why we won't do that is because in two years' time, we'll look back and think that was so lame or it was it's just a shortcut or a shit. And, and I, actually, that's one thing that um, I admire you about because probably the only thing. Is that you? You are you do you're quite stubborn. You stick to your guns, and you you've got a good way of um of putting your point across. Much to um you know sometimes I find it very annoying. But no, I just thought I'd give you a bit of yeah a bit of kudos there. So um well done. You. I just like uh, as I said before, I just care about my rep- awesome. I care about my reputation, and I've got ethics. Yeah, got ethics. Yeah, and, and no, I think that's why we, why we work together. Like literally. The first four years was a massive learning curve for MX Vice. When I think of all the mistakes, the people that came in to try and run it and take it forward, um, you know, and they, and you came in as a, well, you think about it, you were, was it, did we say 17 when you became editor? Yeah, when I became editor. I was 15 when I started talking to you, which means yeah. technically you were really not supposed to be engaging in an online chat with me. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, you. Well, I think if you look at the law, I think you shouldn't have been in a private <laughs> chat room with me. It wasn't a fucking private chat room. Jesus Christ. Now you're just putting words into the fucking everybody's minds. Oh my God, where do we go from here? Uh, 
yeah, but um, no, it, it, when you, where you, you know, whatever way you look at it, it, it was a massive gamble, basically just giving you the reins to, to be an editor at 17 years old. But fair play to you, you kind of worked hard and um, persisted, and it's, it's paid off. I think you've um, built a good reputation. Well, it seems to be anyway. I mean, people think you're half decent, so. Well, you wouldn't know because you don't really pay attention to anything that goes on. No, I just think you're a tosser. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Uh, so this, actually, what, let's get back to that point. We went off on the right down at Alice in, in Wonderland rabbit holder. Uh, this is what we need to do. We need to book into Planet Moto, and we need to just go away for, for a week once this shit gets... Although I'm, although I'm certain that Planet Moto is a phenomenal service and would cater to my needs if I wanted to ride a bike, I'm yep. so retired. No. I, I literally, I don't want to ride a bike anymore. I, can't, I just can't do it. It pisses me off. Why? Because it's, I'm even worse than I once was, and it pisses me off. Do you know what I've been doing today? Probably jack shit. No, I've been riding around my daughter's electric bike in the unit. Yeah, see, I'll do that. I just don't. I can't. I just can't be asked to ride a bike properly. I just, although I think this uh, and 35 episodes of this show, we've realised that I probably don't know a lot about motocross. I fucking love it. I need to ride bikes. I need to ride bikes. I, I want to ride a bike if I can do it weekly and properly hammer away. But I don't want to ride a bike. There's no. It's not fun getting arm pump and realizing how shit you are and not being able to do what you used to do and stuff like that. But why? But why can't you just have fun? I can't have fun. You know that I'm competitive as fuck. Oh, God. I might be the most competitive person in the world. I was thinking the other week because <laughs> I was really getting angry about something that really wasn't really a competition, but I was treating it like it was life or death. Was it just you in your bedroom and you're competing against yourself? It was or something you, like that. You looking in the mirror? I can't, I, can't, I can't remember what it was, but I just remember thinking, Jesus, I need to maybe be a little bit less competitive. Anyway, but I thought if I wanted to ride for a week, I'd definitely look at Planet Moto holiday. We're doing it. It's going to be a team bonding trip. We're I'm gonna, not doing we're that, gonna... I'm afraid. Why not? Given this, I can't. I just can't ride. I just don't want to ride a bike. I really don't. Yeah, you do. I really don't. Yeah. Well, if you're going to pass at the opportunity, I'll speak to Sean and see if he wants to go. Suddenly mm, changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you're so, uh, I can't say that word. My wife tells me off. But anyway. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Yeah. So, we could have some news, we believe, in the next week of finally seeing some light in the end of the tunnel with possibly an MXGP calendar, which may stick. Am I correct? Am I wrong? Well, if you look at it so far, they've basically released a new calendar in the middle of every month. And when um, Giuseppe sent that email to Teams uh, a month ago now, he said that June the 15th, they hope to kind of have something a bit more concrete. So I am now fully waiting to see a new calendar in my inbox. Okay. Who knows what it's going to consist of? Am I, am I allowed to add my, my thoughts on this, or are you going to just say their shit? Again. What are your thoughts? What do you mean? Like what you'd like to see? Yeah. You crack on. What would you what would you like to see from the 2020 MXGP calendar, James? I think they need to stick to European only venues. First and foremost, because uh A of traveling conditions, but B, they there's gonna be a lot of teams, a lot of sponsors and everything else. Yes, they want to run and they want to go forward. However, there's gonna be some economic knock-ons from from what we've been going through. Fair do, fair do. Okay, I've, I've listened to your point. I've listened to your point. Yeah, I think, I think number one, number one, I would say European GPs only. 
And I know what you're going to say about Argentina because you like the you like to. Look, can them. I just can I just offer a a? Uh, can I just throw a little spanner in there and see what your response is? Okay. If we're going to do European GPs only, yeah. How am I, along with everyone else in MXGP, going to have the annual Bali holiday? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, um, you're not. So. Well, that's not possible. That's not possible. <laughs> I'm afraid. The Bali holiday is definitely gone. Honestly, I don't. I I refuse to believe that. It's so so you think so? Do you agree then that actually European would be good for the teams because of the money behind the, the budgets? It's going to make everything go a bit further and obviously put us in a good stead for twenty twenty one. I don't. Uh, to be honest, it's, it's sensible. It's on one sen- hand, I want to see. The most amazing calendar, sans Russia. On the other hand, I just want to go racing, so I don't care. So if it was Europe, no. And, and right, my second thing: while you're just let, mulling that over in your head, and you're, you know, picturing Bali, the second thing is they should have back-to-back GPs at the same place. Yeah, I'll, I can go for that. Jesus, that sounds well nice. I'll just yeah. replace my holiday in Bali with a holiday in Riga. Yeah. So my 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 second thing would be, and and I I listened to your point and other people's points online about um everybody was very dismissive about just having one day racing. Okay. Well, okay. I, Wait, was yeah. I dismissive? No, no. You've completely got the wrong end of the stick again. This is what you do. You you will have a debate or an argument about something. But then you'll act like I was saying something completely different. And then I wonder what the hell you were arguing with the whole time. I said, this year it's fine. Everyone said that. We've just got to do it this year. In the future, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Okay. I like how so that's, that's news to you, is it? We spent an hour and a half on a podcast with me saying that over and over. And only now have you, that's breaking news, is it? No, I thought that people were, were very dismissive about, um, about this year going down to, um, to one day. No, everyone's, everyone realizes that you've got to do what you've got to do this year. No one wants to see it beyond that, me included. Okay, I take it back. Um, but we're definitely dismissing two days, as in two rounds in one weekend. Yes. That's too much. Well, it's not only is it too much, then you would literally have an identical track. Well, you could run the other way, opposite way, the next day. Well, not in a day. Why not? Because you're going to have to... Oh, my God. No, you re- I feel like you. I, I genuinely feel like in the last five minutes you have just lost this podcast. Like you've lost it. Like, what? So, okay. Um, MXGP Moto Two finishes on Saturday at six PM local time. Yep. Yep. By night, and then the track diggers are not okay. So one, they're going to go out. They're going to have to completely reverse every jump, build up yep. the landings to have a lip and turn the takeoffs to have a to be a landing. A. Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. False. Yeah. They're going to have to prep the track like they would normally. Uh, let's go old school. Let's get some ruts in there. Keep the ruts. Three, they're going to have to reverse all of the advertising boards. Four, they're going to have to reverse the finish line structure, the sponsor structures. Five, you're an utter idiot. Right. 1987, right? I don't care. I was minus seven years old. We didn't have graded tracks. We just turned up. It was exactly the same track as the year before with all the same ruts plus loads of cow's hooves. I literally... Wait. Sometimes we had tape. Sometimes we couldn't afford tape. We still went racing. What do you want us to do? Go back and elastic band start? 
I'm not being funny. I was awesome when I lasted band starts. So was I. I had a strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I was literally. I'm just saying. It's good old days. Bring back the good old days. Are you not surprised what I raced with on the uh, Elastic Band start? I'm actually. Yeah, me and Valley just refused to let it go. Ah, fair play to them. You, I don't you... know why. Right, so um, let's let's talk. Right, so um, I, I think back, second second point was back to back GPs, uh, the same venue because yeah, weekend to weekend, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So weekend to weekend, I think that's a good a good strong move. Pick not all tracks, but maybe. Um, three or four, say three or four. Kegums could be reversed. Yep. Lommel. Lommel could be reversed. Yep. Uzavala was once reversed, but I don't see how they could do it now because I don't see where the start would go. Like, I can't, in my head, I can't pick, like, even if they changed the start, I can't figure out where you would go to start yourself off in the opposite direction. But that was, uh, yeah, so I don't know about that one, but. Bloody hell. Trentino could off, but obviously that's not going to be on the Trentino. How could that be reversed? What are you going to do? Hook a, what are you going to do? Hook a 180 and go back down pit lane? No. I've, I've just literally gone through the track in my mind. That could definitely work. But Trentino. where are you going to go off the start? Right. What? Yeah. You, but you go left and then right anyway. So if you Which go is... right, you're just if you go right, you're basically doing the same track LA out as now, except you're leaving out turn two. Now we're going to make a new right. You you are so you are literally <laughs> clutching at straws. Here. You have no idea what you're talking about at all. I just I just like Trentino going there twice and being next to. Hey, look, you got Bali, I've got Lake Garda. Okay, so I was just thinking about you know the pizza and everything else. I'd actually turn up for that one. Just let me have, let me have Trentino. We're not going to Trentino. Okay, right. Back. Um, right. Okay. So let's get back to seriousness. What do what Italian races do we have? Actually, no. We are going to Trentino. I was I was wondering why you were saying it was cancelled. We're going to Trentino on October the fourth. Boom. There we go. Uh, when back you said back. it was cancelled, it like my my brain had a little bit of a wobble. Yeah, it's majeure. It's cancelled. So imagine two, imagine two, two GPs at Trentino. Let's do it. It's not Trentino won't work. It won't. It's impossible for that track to be run the opposite way. Now maybe if they do do back to back GPs, maybe it doesn't have to be run the opposite way. Maybe they'd be happy with just running the same track two weekends in a row. But from from the venues that were rumored, Lommel, Kegums, yeah. they can all be reversed quite easily. I might start contacting riders now. And just saying, who else would like a week in Lake Garda? We can all. You do realize you know, that no one would spend a week in Lake Garda. Everyone would go home, train as they normally would, and then fly back out on a Friday as they normally would. No, There's, I mean we could go, we could all go cycling together. We could all get all eighty riders cycling around the mountains. It'd be lovely. Just think of the possibilities. Water everyone sports. would just. It's because really they would never do two GPs in a row at Trentino, but if they did have two GPs in a row in Trentino, it's no different to, from, to going Spain and then Portugal on back-to-back weekends or whatever, because you just, like, that's it. You, 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 can't even, you just can't even let me have this one, can you? You've just, like, you actually started this conversation and all you thought to the table is utter not very good point. Okay. All I, at the moment, all I care about is please can we not start in Russia? Well... 
hopefully, hopefully common sense prevails and we're not. Because um, we're not going to Russia because I we haven't even got we haven't even started getting a visa sorted because we. You are not. There's no way you're going to Russia. I, I can't yeah. see you making that happen. But anyway, so we've spoken about second one was back to back GPs. That could possibly be four, maybe three or four. Uh, Kegan, Lommel, Udavala, Finland. Like Finland is a new purpose built track. So if it's purpose built, could it not just be purpose built the opposite way for a weekend? And we'll just have a month in the Baltics? Ooh, don't know about that. I don't know, it'd be quite nice. <laughs> Sweden, Sweden, Finland, Finland? Yeah. Pop down to Norway for a little break in between. Yeah. So, okay, I like that idea. So that's, so number one is, uh, let's go over this. Number one is, uh, I've lost it now. What do we say number one was? I don't know what you're trying. I don't know what you. I don't even know what you're trying to list. I'm just going over our GP ideas. Well, I feel like I. I don't want to be lumped in with your ideas. They're not our ideas. They're even my ideas or your ideas. I ain't. I ain't having. I ain't being lumped in with two in Trentino. Okay, and uh, I think that's it. You can you can have that sinking ship by yourself. I think I'm happy with your. Ah, so the first thing was European only tracks. So let's keep it. Let's keep the money down, European-only tracks. Then let's combine uh, possibly uh, four, four places, which will be eight rounds, which are same track but reversed or, or whatever, whatever they can do in a week. Genuine question for you. Yes. Yeah. I don't really pay attention to the world. Okay. How's China getting on at the moment? No, they're fine. It's like nothing so what, happened. So do you reckon Shanghai GP could happen? Um, anything can happen in China. They could have another outbreak as well. Hmm. But um, everything over there at the moment is um, hunky-dory. No problem at all. Oh, right. Yeah. Also, Turkey. I haven't really heard of how are our friends in Turkey getting on. Not sure on that one. Not paid too much like, attention. Because I didn't... I, Turkey is a very nice GP, and I didn't get to go last year, so... Why do you like Turkey, Lewis? The hotel. Nice. Yeah. What else do you like? Yeah, yeah. So and basically, next to the you're, track. So you're having a go at me because I like Trentino, but you want to go to Indonesia because of Bali, and you like Turkey because there's a McDonald's, a complex, and it's got a swim pool and everything else. So was, what is the I was eating, difference? I was in Turkey and I was eating steak sandwiches for every meal for three pounds. I was living like a bloody king. But you have a go at me because <laughs> I like Trentino and <laughs> no, Lake Florida. No, However, it's absolutely fine. Oh. Wonder what's going on in Turkey. Wonder what can make that happen. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't having a go at you for liking Trentino. I was just saying having two GPs there isn't possible. I'm not saying having two GPs in Turkey is possible. I'm just saying, is it even is going to Turkey even on the cards, or does it seem like it be on the cards? Interestingly, something popped up the other day with um, a riding company in Turkey, and there's it looks like some really really good tracks in Turkey. So. I thought, well, that was interesting. I'll send you the link. Maybe we can go there on a riding holiday. I ain't going on any kind of ride or holiday. Okay. Um, what I would like to see, this is, this is what, if this came out as a calendar, I would be like, you know what? Bloody brilliant, right? Yeah. So, okay. so 2nd of August is Russia currently, and then the 9th of August is Latvia. Right. Let's do the 2nd of August, Russia, and no, 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 let's not do that. Let's not, let's not get confused with a mistake <laughs> I just made. 
I don't want anyone to push send on that email based on what I just said. <laughs> um, uh, let's do 2nd of August in Latvia and the 9th of August in Latvia. Let's do a double GP there, right? Back, back and Latvia. then let's go to Sweden as planned. Then let's go to Finland as planned. Okay. That's August sorted. That sounds like a nice August. Right. Right? No one can complain about that. They're all kind nope. of like trucks don't have to go far. Um all seems quite normal. Yeah. Uh, after that we've got Turkey, China put down. I don't have a clue. Maybe we have maybe we have a weekend off. Maybe we just yeah. have a weekend off at that point. Um But what so I think that lot uh, Lommel's for the twenty fifth. Okay, I'm not sure what we're doing beyond August, but that's how, my idea seems like a nice August for us all. Okay, thanks for that. That sounds great. <laughs> but didn't you say Trentino September? No, it's October the 4th. Oh. September, to be fair, at the moment... September could be France and Spain. France is off completely. Unless you I mean the nations. Oh, I thought they were bringing motorsport back in France from the, the first. No, the French, the French GP's been cancelled. Yeah. That was like a month ago. Thanks for keeping up. Yeah, that's a big country. Can't they make another one? I imagine that it's not really great for PR if they have a GP, postpone the GP, cancel the GP, and then bring it back. Keeps people guessing, though, doesn't it? <laughs> so if you, if you remove Russia from the equation of August, August seems quite nice, like doable. Yeah. October, Trentino, Spain, Portugal, Lommel, also seems quite doable. September, which is Turkey, China, and TBA. Not sure what we'll be doing there. <laughs> September seems a, September seems like a lot of question marks. But do you really want to be running Lombo in October? It's a, well, I don't know if you're aware, James, but it's an all-weather track. Yeah, but it's not fun. It's I don't not think, fun. I don't think MXGP is designed to be fun, James. Not fun for a spectator. Serious question, on another yep. note. Um, yep. So, F1 have figured something out. I don't care enough to really pay attention to what they figured out, but I know they figured something out. And yeah. I also think the MotoGP have figured something out. Again, I care even less to figure out what they've done. BSB's actually announced their schedule as well. Oh, so brilliant. We get... Okay, I'll tell you when I give a shit. So, we, uh, <laughs> so do we get uh, an MXGB, MXGB update soon? Because you are the PR guy, aren't you? I don't know. I don't. Right now, all I care about is MXGP. So, so F1 and MotoGP have figured something out. And I believe it's figured out for August-ish. So do you believe we're going... I believe we're going to be racing in August. Yeah, I think... Well, I went to the, uh, I went to the, um, the F- FIM conference earlier on in the year, literally just before the outbreak. And I do believe that uh, the FIM, uh, Dorna and um, Infront, I think... They, they do have a bit of an open dialogue with, with this type of stuff. So I know that when the outbreak happened, when I was there in China, they were discussing about, um, you know, obviously it just doesn't affect one thing. It affects everybody. So literally everybody's affected. Sidecars, quads, enduro, literally every type of bike sport. So um, I'm guessing that they're working pretty closely with the FIM to... Oh, no, not the sidecars. I thought it was just FMX. <laughs> Do you hate sidecars now? Sidecars are cool. 
I'm sure the I'm sure the two fans are going to be crushed. <laughs> you're such a dick. Absolute <laughs> dick. Literally, you're gonna you're gonna have FMX riders and sidecar riders like hunt you down. <laughs> like let's like I, like I'm sure I wish the sidecar community well. I think you should just leave it and quickly move on. <laughs> Anybody who's willing to go in a sidecar is pretty nuts anyway. So the last thing you want is those guys after. But anyway. I think that there's they, they I think they've got a plan already. I think they I think they've got a plan in place because of, of like you said MotoGP and you know they've they've got you know a plan together. I think the FIM they would have worked quite closely and um, shared dialogue, and I think they would they would kind of know now with next week when it comes out. I think it will be quite close to to what it will be. To wrap this bit of conversation up, great talk by the way. Really enjoyed it. Um, let's get. I think we should get rid of Russia. Such a dick. Yep. Let's get rid of China. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should get rid of the two Indonesias. Yeah, that makes no sense. Oh, fine. And then let's get rid of Imola because that I don't want to even want to know what's going to happen to us at Imola this year. Um, <laughs> well, I think one of us might die. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to walk out of the airport at Imola and just combust. <laughs> like, I'll just, like, man goes up in flames. <laughs> Given, um, interestingly, that the insurance company called and they said that if we're going to Imola again this year, they can't insure us because they're actually scared of what might happen. Just in case people don't, because I feel like we've joked about this a few times, right? So Imola's been on the calendar twice. The first year that we had Imola, for absolutely no reason at all, on a Saturday at Imola, Sean, our videographer, his leg, like, died. And he couldn't walk for three months for no reason. Doctors couldn't even diagnose it. So Imola did that to us, first of all. We had doctors in America, Europe, and the UK all try to diagnose Sean, and they, they just couldn't find it. So that, Imola did that to us the first year. and we, So when we went back last year, there was a running joke of, oh my God, what's going to happen to us at Imola this year? Let's hope we all make it out. Ha, ha, ha. And then last year at Imola, our car got broken into, and they stole 40 grand's worth of camera equipment. So forgive us, Imola. For not being overly keen on returning this year, you forgot the you forgot the, uh, the 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 other point. There is that you were actually going to visit Max Anstey in hospital and give him some supplies because yeah, we were nice. So people. they so they stole they stole the stuff within the hospital car park. Yeah, and the hospital car park. The woman a didn't understand what the word security camera meant, and when I finally got it through to her, she went, "Oh no 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 camera no camera." <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're we're all praying and hoping that Imola's off this year because uh, none of us want to die. I do quite fancy going back to Imola and conquering it, though. I just might be very paranoid about everything that goes on. Maybe, maybe do it on your own? Like, a bike will start and I'll just fall to the floor rocking and, like, <laughs> jump on all of our equipment. Like, what was that? That's good food for thought. And if anybody didn't understand about why we're so um, against Imola being in Canada, that's why. We're going to go for a break, um, have a listen to our sponsors, and then we'll be back with our Liat segment, which is Ask Vice Anything. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. 
Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the MX Vice Show. This is uh, a lot of people's favorite segment, and it's uh, brought to you by Liat. Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. So, Lewis, do we okay. have questions this week? Yeah, I don't know why you keep... It kind of bugs me that you keep saying, do we have questions, as if like no one's going to have contacted us. We have questions every week. I sorry, I live in my little bubble, and I still can't quite believe that actually we're on 35 episodes. Given that I was only a stand-in host anyway, because we were trying to get other people to do it, and B that people actually listen to it, so I still quite I find it quite amazing that we actually have questions. Well, well believe it or not, I actually leave questions out. Okay, which well, have, like I, we actually have too many questions. Don't get defensive. Ooh. Okay. Well, okay, I'm competitive. Okay, so thank you to Liat uh, for sponsoring this segment. Great company. Big shout out to Dave King. At CR Dory said... Oh, oh, stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Right Brilliant. Okay. Right. Yeah. I just want to thank Colin, Chris, uh, Harry Leverett. Literally, there's so many people who have come back week on week and purchased more MXY's t-shirts, bought us a coffee through Kofi, and uh, literally... Just really, really appreciate your support. So just want to check that one out there. Absolutely amazing people. Right, go, Lewis. CR Dory said, if the industry takes a big hit from COVID-19 and teams, media struggle to find budgets, could a reduced schedule be run next year? Maybe 12 to 15 GPs and no long, expensive flyaways, just one season to help everyone recover. It's like Colin read my mind. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, that no one, no brands seem to be struggling. No. Well, I've, I've had some information this week. Again, it's confidential. Probably shouldn't say it on a podcast show. But things are freaking good out there for a lot of companies. They're, they're, they're selling more than ever. Like Dirk Grubel from KTM said, 
everyone's been sitting at home doing nothing and now everyone's decided to go out and buy motorcycles. That's a good thing that I didn't think would happen. Everyone is sat at home and some people have been laid off completely. So the last thing that you would think is that they would go out and buy a motorcycle. It's obviously the opposite way around, though, which is an amazing thing to hear. Yeah. If I haven't actually heard of one company like, yeah, we're not selling anything. Like, everyone seems to be buying bikes and stuff, which is bizarre because I wouldn't be buying a bike right now with the Corona situation because I'm, I'm not, I just wouldn't do that. Safety first. No. Got to look after your assets. I bought two. Have you? Yeah. Isn't it one a trials bike? What's the other one? I'm going to buy another motocross bike this week. Are you? Yes. What? Yeah. Why? Well, no, well, first of all, what? And second of all, why? Well, I'm going to sell. I've got a KTM, which I'm going to sell, and I'm going to get another one. Not a KTM. Uh, oh. But I'm, 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 I'm thinking about, um, I've got a 125 two-stroke, and I, I quite fancy getting a 250 two-stroke. But I might get a Yamaha. 252 stroke. Might do. Oh. But, um... Look at you with all your free time. Yeah, I fancy having... I've got a nice collection going on there of, of um, bikes, so I'm pleased with that. But yeah, anyway, carry on. Jay Bates 188 said, Albi to replace TC222 at Factory KTM in MXGP upon retirement? Question mark? Oh, Albi fever. I just can't. I just can't get... I can't get on with that I literally could not be further away. I'm closer to contracting coronavirus than I am Alberto Ferrato fever. Mate, what is wrong with you? I just can't. I literally cannot. I am a massive fan of Ferrato. I think he's freaking awesome. I can't come up with one reason for me to jump on the bandwagon. I just can't. You need to open your eyes. Very negative. You need to open your eyes. I would, right now, right now, right here, right now, if Alberto Ferrato is on, does replace Caroli at Factory KTM when he retires, whenever that is, I will pay you £50. I'm breaking the bank there. I know it. I I realise that was a big bet. Oh, wow. Talk about putting your life on the line. (laughs) I even had a pause where I had to think, do I really want to do this? Uh, <laughs> 50 quid that's the best you can come up with yeah. I, I like the idea I think he's got, I think he's a good rider he's got a big future that's not the only thing big he's got Weekend Warrior blog yeah said uh, with, all, with all of the discussion about Jeremy Martin sitting out the remainder of the season what are your thoughts also would you like to see the MX2 World Championship adopt the same setup rather than an age rule I'm still perplexed as to why EMX250 slash MX2 has the same age limit yeah, I think the, the the different rules were for for different things, weren't they? The, the the philosophy with what was Ustream now in front was that there wasn't enough quality or not quality enough depth in each class, which was which we seen. Now that age rule has worked. However, does that age rule still need to be the age rule's done the job? You know, no one can argue with that. The age rule has done the job. Um, however. I don't know. It, it's it's a hard one because you've got two aspects here. You've got um, who is the best rider on a 250cc bike. I mean, that's how it was. Who was the best rider on a 125? No matter of age or whatever, it, it was bang to skill. And who was the best rider on the 125, 250, 500? And part of me still wants to see that because that's at the end of the day, no matter what age you are, if you're, if you're, 
a Roxon or a Hurlins or whatever, you're going to win that title if you're good enough, no matter what what the age. But then other part of me, I, I kind of get it. So I'm I'm in. I have a lot of sleepless nights over this one. I um I don't. The age rule doesn't affect me, it's, and it's how I'm happy with what it's done because the MXGP class is quite good. So, like, uh, as far as that's kind of where I sit on the age rule. But I have given it thought about whether the Amer what was happening if the American rule was in place in GPs, and I wouldn't mind something about lifetime points or like the American rule hitting a points limit every uh, three years or whatever. But the problem that you couldn't directly copy the American rule because, um. Supercross is fairly consistent. Well, not fairly. Supercross is ridiculously consistent at hitting 17 rounds. Yeah. So it kind of sits quite nicely. But whereas with GPs, you'd have to constantly be changing this threshold. And I think that would get quite confusing. But having it so that you hit, like, hit a certain number of points in your lifetime wouldn't be so bad. Like you hit 1,000 points as an MX2 rider, you're out of the class. Yeah. That could work because 1,000 points would mean that uh, Prado, I believe, hit 500-odd points uh, the last two years. So that would mean that after two title-winning seasons, it's time for him to leave. But someone lower down, say, I think if you're 10th place, you're averaging 200 points a year, which means a 10th place rider would get five years of that, yeah. which is enough time. Like At that point, it's like, okay, off you go then. Yeah, I'd like that. But, yeah. but there again, if you think about it, if they're going into that class at 18, into MX2 at 18, they are getting five years. That's true. But then, exactly, so the age rule's fine. I'm not that, I'm not that emotional about the age rule like everyone else. I'm really not. No. No. Because at the end of the day, who is it really screwed over? Sterry got a ride. Jacoby got a ride. Boutron got a ride. Everyone likes to use Boutron as the example of the rider who could have done so much more in MX2, but he got a ride. It's not like his career ended. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, part of me is it, it shouldn't matter your age. It should be about who is the fastest on a, on a, you know, I keep saying one, two, five, because I'm from that era. But who is the fastest 250? Who is the fastest 450? That should be, that should be it. Part of me says, you know, is, is saying that. Another part of me is, is I, I, I kind of get it. I kind of understand it's, it's done a good job. Does it still need to be there now? I don't know. Let's face it. If, what about this, though? If you turn this around, um, would MX... Okay, this is hypothetical, I know, but would MXGP be better if privateers had uh, money and there was no age rule? Would we see more people racing in there? We wouldn't because there's full gates. Okay, I don't really know what you're getting at. Okay. So, so two two things that people are kind of, and I've always kind of said about changes that privateers should get, you know, get some type of money for traveling and everything else. Yeah. So that because people talk about I used to qualify and da, 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 and everything else, and we've already said things have moved on. However, so privateers get money. That's great. So privateers can 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 afford to go racing. Less satellite teams, they can do their own thing. And also no age rule. So it means that uh, a 30-year-old guy privateer could actually go and try and compete in the 250 class if he's fast enough. Da, 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 great. But what would that change the MX... What I'm saying is, would that change MXGP now? And it wouldn't. Because we've got four lineups. And it's a stupid thing to say, I know. But does it actually 
change or does it actually add anything to MXGP series? It doesn't. We've got the we've got the the four fifty open class now, the two fifty class which you age out as well. So I don't know. I don't know. The the, the ah. everything's good, and we haven't actually seen what the EMX open class is going to add to it yet because we have to remember that might end up being a nice little add on to this the way this age will work. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be quite interesting if people put if people can submit some questions next week. Would be you know what things they would like to see changed in, or what they they think what things they think needs to be changed in MXGP to make it better. Because I I'm kind of scratching my head. I'm, and I think there's it's like, in a really good place. I do as well. I I see like this you know like the motocross action group, and there's lots of other people who are constantly on the bandwagon of this is shit and that shit and everything else, and it's just like how else how better can it be because from what i've literally been i've spent the last six weeks um trying to find every result from 1952 to 2003 to to basically build a a comprehensive result database so i've been doing loads of research and, and, and going through years and everything else and half of the stuff i found is that literally what a shit show it used to be so I'm 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 a little bit. There was the there was the heyday in the 80s, but in the 90s it seems like it went through a bit of a a real rocky patch. In in 2003, when Dorna um basically gave it up, it, that sounded like it, that was you know a complete shit show with the MX MXON at that time as well. So I don't know. I I genuinely I don't I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what people's thoughts are about it. That's all. All right. So moving anyone, on. Moving yeah. on. I'm calling time okay. on that because we're going okay. around circles. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Chris United 93 said, this is not a call out, but do you see HRC America losing patience with Roxon? Knowing that they'll not get another rider of his caliber for a while, it a thought, if at all, would he find another US team or head back to Europe with HRC or another KTM when Tony retires, maybe? Like, Roxon is about as American as you can get right now. I, can ne- I would be shocked if he ever comes back to GPs. I would bet my life on him staying in America forever. Yeah, he's. I can't see him coming back. He's he's married and uh, he's got a kid on the way as well. Yeah, I was thinking. I wonder if German fans still see Roxon as German. Of course they do. I don't know. I wonder if they root for him the same way that like. I wonder if they. I think they would. Pro- I don't know. I just wonder because he is so American. Of course they do. Of course they do. I think even the, the German fans would actually understand. The reasons for him not riding the MXON and stuff like that—they they get it. Yeah, I I, def- I definitely think. Well, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. He, he sounds American, everything else, but he's 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 German, dude. And, I was and- thinking um about this HRC losing patience thing, and like, okay, fair enough. They signed him in 2017. They're well, basically four years in now, three and a half, but four Supercross seasons, and they haven't had a title, and they've had limited race wins so that obviously is a disappointment but obviously there's stuff that's led to that but also who could they realistically get that's gonna do better than Roxon's doing there's no one really out there who they could get who's gonna beat Roxon. so okay it's a rocky road and there are ridiculous highs and also ridiculous lows like getting lapped twice in a main event but at the end of the day Roxon's second in the points and I can't think of anyone who they could sign in place of Roxon 
who would do better than that right now. Oh yeah, okay. Oh well, they could sign Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb's obviously not going anywhere, and neither is Tomac. So of the available riders, they've still got a bloody good one. Yeah. And Roxham will figure this out. We we're we're focusing so much on two bad races. Before this, there were eleven amazing ones. So, what well, the things I would say is, um, yeah, I agree. And um, let's not focus on that because he's a fantastic rider and he's going to bounce back. A person with what he's been through is 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 a winner. You've got to be to to deal with what he's done. The other thing, as well as which I, I don't think we can dismiss, is how great he is for that brand. Like he he might not be winning uh, as many you know not winning titles in, in as many races as they would like, but he's shifting bikes. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a good ambassador for Honda. In so yeah, I I, I think there's a little bit more to it now. I know that they want to win. Everybody wants to win. Um, but I I, yeah, I agree. I can't I can't think of one rider they could they could bring in who would do better than him. And and I think like I said, I think he'll sort out these issues, and I think we'll see him do really well again next year. Additionally, interested to see what Roxon does on the new Honda next year. Masters MX 2013 said, Is the split 250 class in Supercross done? Weak field split two ways, no longer valid. No, it's yeah. fine. You, you touched it's on fine. that um, yeah, earlier. There's always, just... there's always going to be a bad year. There's always going to be a bad year. The 250 East is just in a bad year with injuries and everything. It's just in yeah. a bad year. Yeah. That's it. Like, okay. Would it be awesome to have two fifties as seventeen rounds? Yes, it would be amazing. It would be like oh, so exciting. But at the same time, teams aren't going to go out and hire five riders, and they're not going to hire five mechanics. And then, like, yeah. so this having it split creates jobs, keeps people in rides. It does give guys like Enzo Lopes and Kyle Peters spotlight, which, like, hey, maybe you can argue whether it's I don't want to say deserved, but. Would they be getting fifths and sixths in the West Coast? No, but still, it's an opportunity for them to shine and get talked about. And I don't know, it's a it's a big old debate, but I don't think it's that broken. I don't think it's broken at all. If 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 it's if it's not broke, <laughs> don't fix it. It it works fine. I think it works fine. I think I like what you highlighted there with jobs and everything else, but also it gives the young kids. Uh, a chance to come in and, and embed themselves. If if they're all trying to go out to do a, a main of twenty riders, and there's forty young riders trying to get into the twenty, then um, they're not going to get that experience. I think it's, I think it's it's a good system. Are there slight downsides like when the East Coast ends up this week? Yes, but yeah. that like you just got to take the rough for the smooth, I guess. And at the end, of the, like this only happens once in a while. I'd say the last time it was this bad was twenty. 14, when like this year it started off well with Cincerello, Davalos and Baggett and it was an amazing thing and then all three of those guys got injured, Bogle won the championship Vince Freeze was getting podiums at the end and it ended up as weak as it's ended up this year but it, it, the next year it's all fine again and it's just the way the cookie crumbles There we go Aaron Azza22 says, actually I don't know why I put this one in here why does Lewis look like James Acaster? I don't know who that is. I don't <laughs> want to look because it's going to probably piss me off. <laughs> well, it, we have an internal thing here where um, we actually think that uh, Lewis is Lewis Capaldi. So we've got a graphic designer here, uh, John, who literally every, every month finds a Lewis Capaldi image and puts Lewis's face on there. And you've had a few beauties, haven't you, with Elton John? Was it Ed Shreen? 
maybe? No, I don't know. Yeah, it's I think who? It's Shran, Shreen, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> close enough, I guess. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I'd like to put those online at some point. I think that'd be great. James Acaster, I have no, no idea who he is. Really? Um, no, no, I, I thought no. you would. I'm not surprised no. that I don't. No, I... Yeah, uh, so, yeah. So try try a Lewis Capaldi and um, Lewis Phillips um, for lookalikes. They're great. Last question. Robbie, 140357. Said, I know the GP season hasn't even resumed yet, but with Dean Wilson and Max Anstey in the middle of the AMA outdoors, who will be the contenders for our MXON team? Ooh. Well, we said, didn't we say, was it two weeks ago when we were discussing MXON that possibly no American rider is going to be able to do it anyway? Yes. Well done for repeating what he said in the question. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's, that's easy. It's going to be like Watson, Comrade, Tommy, Simpson. You, there's, there's four oh, five, we're filling five, a five-rider team, are we? No, but there's riders there to choose from. Ben's going to be going up to 450 next year, so you wouldn't rule him out of, of running a 450. If you put it down as uh, it's going to be the normal thing with three riders, then uh, Tommy, Ben, Sean isn't a bad team. Uh, I think the only definite at the moment is that Watson would be on there because you, like you say, you can have him on a 250 or a 450 quite comfortably. Yeah. And then apart from that, there's six riders who could potentially be on there. So. Yeah, and we'll see what Comrade's like when he banks his back as well. And I think we've Although, got a, a, team, a team of Max, Ben, and Dean could be phenomenal, but obviously it can't happen. No. But yeah, like that, if all three of those were on it, that could be a phenomenal thing. Yeah. But can't happen because. They'll be focused on the outdoors, but what can you do? Weird year. Weird. Cool. That's it. Um, once again, we'd like to thank all our sponsors for supporting us in the show. And a huge thanks to everybody who's, who have been going on to Even Strokes and buying the t-shirts and everything else. Even Strokes does have um, some, new, some new brands and products this week. Uh, they're going to be released today and over the next few days, we've got Fox, X-Trig, Yoshimura, Prox and Kex, uh, which are all going to be on there, and also Hinson. So there's a, a really good group of um, brands now joining the, already what we've got with, with Yoko, Alpine Stars. Uh, so many. But great. If you get a chance, uh, there's a loyalty club on there. Um, so loyalty scheme, uh, where you actually get points for what your purchases are, uh, where it's at about 10%. So you've got the money back to, uh, so you say you purchase a, a set of talon wheels on there then you get basically £58 back in um, points to spend on some race kit to make, basically trying to make motocross a little bit cheaper and it helps fund MX Vice. Cool. That's us from this week and we will be back. Uh, we'll be watching the Lawrence Brothers tonight and we'll be back next week. So thank you, everyone. Say bye, Liz. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, 
Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. 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 Show